0: Welcome to Gutsy Matters Podcast, brought to you by StoredNaturally.com. I'm Wendy Allen. And I'm Helen Reynolds. Gutsy Matters Podcast is for independent thinkers who aren't afraid to stand out from the crowd. Our conversations are with people who, like us, are
1: willing to create something they believe in, something that helps us all to live more sustainably, more consciously, and with greater connection.
0: We're delighted you're joining us to discover, uncover and create opportunities and perspectives about health, wealth and sustainable living.
1: Next month is Plastic Free July and we are encouraging you to join millions of people reducing their plastic waste. Plastic Free July is a global movement that helps millions of people be a part of the solution to plastic pollution so we can have cleaner streets, oceans and beautiful communities. Be part of Plastic-Free July by
0: choosing to refuse single-use plastics. The movement has inspired over 120 million participants in 177 countries. You making a small change will collectively make a massive difference to our communities. You can choose to refuse single-use plastics in July and beyond. Best of all, Being part of Plastic Free July will help you to find great alternatives that can become new habits forever. Whether you're just beginning to look for a few single-use plastics to avoid or someone well on their way to a plastic-free life, there are lots of resources and ideas to inspire you at home, work, school and within the community. Check out the resources at plasticfreejuly.org and get inspired and help us reduce plastic waste.
1: Today, we're speaking with Lisa Clark, who is a member of the Tops Off recycling team. And we're talking to Lisa about how they got started, what they're planning to do, and how Tops Off hopes to make a difference across the world. So, Lisa, I actually remember the weekend Tops Off started, but I thought I might leave it to you to elaborate and tell us the story right from the beginning.
2: Yes, yeah, sure. Yes, we were at the Startup Weekend where the TopSource Recycling concept came into being. And the concept was pitched by Angela Murphy, who is the co-founder of this. So there's Angela, Paul and myself. And my son, Ethan, was actually involved at the very beginning as well. And what happened was we all were involved in a Startup Weekend at Canvas Coworking. So every year they run this Startup Weekend where businesses, or people with a business idea can come along and pitch an idea. So Angela came along and pitched this idea, and the weekend was a sustainability focus. So the businesses had to have a focus on sustainability. So Angela pitched this idea around there's a massive waste, plastic waste problem, and her pain point at that particular time was that she was noticing a lot of plastic bottle tops in particular were not being recycled at all. So her child had an art project and she wanted to go and find some bottle tops that she could use for the school for this art project. So someone recommended her go and visit a Containers for Change depot. So she rocks up and they're like, yes, we've definitely got some bottle tops. And they come out with, I kid you not, you like you could fill a ute tray with how many bottle tops they were willing to give her. And she was thinking she was going to go along and get just a shopping bag full of bottle tops. But that's where her passion started for trying to solve this problem of reducing plastic waste. And her concept was, instead of the bottle tops going to landfill, what can we do? What can we use these bottle tops for? And she had seen people melting them down and turning them into bowls, lots of different concepts. But her concept was turning the plastic bottle tops into 3D printing filaments. So then, creatives and innovators could use that plastic, um, recycled plastic filament, to create new prototypes or whatever it was, whatever it was that they were creating. So she picked that idea. We ran with that idea of the weekend. We validated that yes, there is a massive problem with plastic waste, and yes, the three D printing community were interested in having a more sustainable product to purchase. So instead of using virgin plastic filament they could use recycled plastic filament and we actually won that weekend start weekend pitch so that's where the Topsoft journey began
1: um, it was a really great win too i was on the team for composting composting waste better and i i've often thought about it afterwards but tops off still was <laughs> clearly a fantastic winner on that weekend
0: so, not only did you win that startup weekend, I think you won something else. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, so the sustainability start weekend was held across the entire nation, so across Australia. And there wasn't actually many start weekends doing the sustainability focus one. And because of that, we were fortunate enough to take out the winning title of Australian Sustainability Start Weekend winner. So, we got put into then the global challenge. And we entered into the Global Challenge, which meant we had to do a video, a one-minute video pitch about what we were trying to achieve. And my son got to do that video, which was so exciting for him. But he got to, because he was part of our team, he got to go to the university here. So the university helped us made that, make that that video that we then submitted to the Global Challenge. And so we were competing with 50 other countries around the globe. And so we're that, the top five, of those participants would have been able to go to the Paris Summit 2020 Climate Change Summit, which they were having January this year. But unfortunately, we didn't make top five. We made top 20, but not top five.
0: Fantastic. Yes. I mean, top 20 in the world is, um, is yeah, no mean feat. That's for sure. That's wonderful. So can you tell us a, a little bit more about things that we don't know about bottle tops?
2: Yes, sure. So I, I don't know if you're aware, but plastic bottle tops are actually not recycled at all in Australia. So bottle tops or plastic in general is actually quite a precious resource. And unfortunately, we've dulled it down to be this disposable once only product when really plastic is actually a phenomenal resource that we have and can be utilised if they create it properly over and over and over again. So the plastic bottle tops are generally made from a plastic called HDPE plastic, which is one of the, the more stronger plastics. It's buoyant so it can float. It's food safe. It's UV resistant. So it has these amazing qualities. So it means that it lasts a very, very, very long time, which is fantastic if you're using it sustainably and over and over again. But unfortunately, we've put this, product in a disposable single-use product and so it gets thrown out and thrown into landfill and ends up in our waterways and our oceans and our animals' tummies, which is devastating to animals and you often see in social media and the news, vets having to pull out ridiculous amounts of plastic from animals to save their lives. So yeah, in Australia we do not recycle plastic bottle tops, so when you take your bottle your plastic bottles to the container for change there first or the refund places where you get your money, your 10 cents back, all of those lids get taken off and they then throw them into landfill.
1: What about when we put our plastic containers into the recycle bin at home? Should we be taking the lids off?
2: Yes. So it depends on what state you're in. Some states, and I believe maybe New South Wales, they encourage you to put the lids inside the bottles but in Queensland you should remove your plastic lids and put the bottle in the recycling bin and the lids unfortunately into the landfill bin
0: so it's certainly a great project if we can avoid Putting all of those bottle tops into landfill. When you think about how many bottles that are going through the containers for change, which I know in Queensland particularly is only a relatively new project, in other states of Australia it has been um, for, for some years. But when you think of all of those bottles, how many yes. bottle tops every day would go into landfill is just mind boggling. Mm,
2: by way, and it's actually not. It's actually not just bottle tops. So. 40% of all plastics used in packaging is HDPE plastic, which is this amazing, strong-resistant, long-lasting, UV-resistant, buoyant plastic. So 40% of, of all plastics produced in the world is this HDPE plastic that we realize that none of that plastic in Australia is getting recycled. So I think the stats, when I last looked, was only 9% of plastics in Australia were actually getting recycled. And that's your your softer plastics, those plastic bags. They're doing a really good job at that. Uh, Red Cycle is a company that turns them into shares for parks and roads and things like that. But all of your harder plastics, so your yogurt containers, your milk containers, your vitamin pill containers, are all this HCP type of plastic, which is actually not getting recycled at all and ends up in landfills.
1: Even though we put it in our recycle bin?
2: Even though we put it in our recycle bin, correct.
1: What yes. a false sense of um, yes. doing the right thing. Yes.
2: So, so it used to be, so back in, I think it was 2017, a lot of Asian countries, so China was a big taker of our recycled products, but they closed the doors on that because of the contamination that was getting shipped over. It wasn't clean enough for them. And so since then, yeah, majority of our plastic is not being recycled in Australia.
1: So all those bottle tops and other HDPE plastics, are they all virgin plastics as in never been recycled plastic resource?
2: Yes. So you might notice now that Coca-Cola, I'm not sure if Pepsi are doing it, but they... um, are recycling bottles so you'll notice on bottles now coca-cola plastic bottles it will say recycled plastic used but unfortunately their lids are not recycled so they're not recycling any of that hdp plastic so i that still goes into landfill and it would be interesting to figure out because i haven't been able to trace where they're actually getting their recycled plastic from whether it's offcuts of their already used plastic so that's technically recycled, so they have plastic that they use to create their bottles, which is your virgin plastic, and then those off-cuts I'm assuming is what they consider as recycled and put into their plastic bottles, but I'm unsure of where they're getting their recycled plastic from.
1: Wow. So that leads me into my next question. What are some of the most common misunderstandings about plastic and where it ends up?
2: Yes. Yeah. So like I was saying, misconception is that when you put your plastic bottles into your recycle bin, a huge misconception is that it's actually going and being recycled somewhere. So like I was saying, only 9% of plastics in Australia, which I last checked, are actually being recycled. And the term recycled is a tricky one as well. Does that mean it's getting re Purpose into another product, no. So most most recycling, it could be getting burnt for energy, which is not great. For, that's not a great way to be recycling plastics. Or it's doing something good like the soft plastics, which is being made into the chairs and the roads. It's actually being repurposed, which I like to hear. But, but re- the recycled word is a very interesting word. So when you return your bottles to the container for change that's not actually you're not actually recycling the bottle you're just returning it and then after it gets returned then where does it go so it's really hard to trace where those bottles are actually going to get recycled and what is actually occurring to those bottles once they have been returned and that's something we can't trace because they are put on a communal auction site and they get sold off to whoever wants to use them or by them. So they could be getting sent overseas to be burnt. They could be – who knows where they're going. We just can't trace it because of something called commercial of confidence, which means we can't actually trace what happened. But I would love to know where it actually goes to get recycled.
0: Well, that's a really interesting point because I think – well, I certainly thought and, and I'm sure a lot of people would think that because you're taking those containers back to the Containers for Change program – that that was the whole point behind it, that they would be recycled.
2: Yeah, that's another misconception. So, the, And I, I hope I'm not blowing anyone's brains at the moment, but the, the reason they set up those containers for change depots was actually to reduce littering. So that's, That was the main reason, was to reduce littering um, and to get people to return. And their purpose wasn't initially for recycling. I think that just was a, a current that happened because they could sell it onto China or whoever was taking it, and that's changed a lot at the moment. But you can't take things like milk bottles. You can't return wine bottles to these places. And the reason was because initially when people were littering, the the council weren't seeing milk bottles on the road. They weren't seeing wine bottles. They were seeing your Coke bottles and your Coke cans. So they're the things that you can return because they they were the things that were getting littered the most. And it's definitely helps improve a reduction in littering, which is great for council to say, but, it, but really is it having a big impact on the, the actual process of recycling plastic? I'm not sure about that.
1: With the 9%, you said 9% of soft plastics are recycled in Australia at the moment. So are, are they the soft plastics that we're taking to the supermarkets and putting in there? you know, depository for soft plastics or are they the soft plastics that people are putting in their recycle bin or where are they how are they ending up being recycled?
2: So it's nine percent of all plastics being recycled. I'm not sure of the percentage of soft plastics. I think there's a quite a high percentage of soft plastics. So the plastics so your bags, you know, your your bags that you put your fruit and veggie in at supermarket. Although you guys are trying to eliminate that, which is awesome. Um, so that's the sort of soft plastic I'm talking about. And if you put that in your recycle bin, it will go to landfill. If you put it in the soft plastic return, which is now at Woolworths, so you can go return at Woolworths and Coal. So you have to be vigilant. Like You have to be collecting your own soft plastic, packaging them together, putting them in your car, driving them in and dropping them off at Woolies or Coals into those specific designated soft plastic containers. And that's the soft plastic I'm talking about that's getting recycled really well because of initiatives like Red Cycle um, that are actually creating viable products. And that's the key is that we don't have enough manufacturers or businesses that are creating viable and sustainable business models to make sure that plastics can get back into the economy because it costs money to do that. It's easier, it's cheaper just to keep buying virgin plastic than it is to purchase recycled plastic.
1: Do you think that'll get worse now that oil prices have dropped so dramatically?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think people have lost the, you know, people were passionate about sustainability and recycling and reducing and it's just sort of being wiped with people's radars at the moment because of COVID-19 because they're just trying to get through to make sure that they're healthy and make sure they're paying the bills and Mm. make sure that kids are getting schooled. So, you know, things like this seem to drop off the radar because it it doesn't seem as important but long-term sustainability of our economy, of our livelihoods, it is extremely important Will it it make it worse because oil prices have dropped? I think it's a catch-22 because people aren't spending as much on the end, so they're not purchasing as much product per se. So maybe there might be a supply-demand issue there. Time will tell.
0: So just with the recycling in terms of what goes into curbside recycle bins that everybody thinks that you put in the recycling and you're doing the right thing from your point of view and you put it in the recycle bin and you're presuming that it gets recycled and I'm sure different councils in different areas across Australia and in other countries across the world probably do things in a slightly different way but have you got any statistics or data on on actually how much what goes in your recycle bin is actually recycled or whether it Goes to landfill, and is it possible for them to to sort it enough that um, makes it worthwhile?
2: Yeah, so sorting's the the real big bottleneck and contamination. So I don't have any statistics actually on the percentage that actually gets recycled, but that would be a good one to try and figure out. It's really really hard to get <laughs> to get any data around this. It's not something that's um, being traced. You know, it would be great to trace it by blockchain to have that transparency to see, you know, when when a manufacturer or a, a company is producing something and they're creating packaging, it would be phenomenal to be able to trace that packaging to its end point and to see where it ends up or if it gets put back into the circular economy. I mean, that would be the ultimate goal. And I think people like Leanne Kemp, who's our... Queensland entrepreneur, she's doing a lot of blockchain technology around tracing things like diamonds and transparency there. So it'd be great to see some of that technology put towards packaging and plastics, which is, which is actually a precious resource. If you think about plastics, they are a precious resource. We've just made them into something that's horrible and destroying the world, which it is, but it, it doesn't need to be if we use it correctly and properly and get it back into the economy. So yeah, I'm not sure. I know the stats for how much is getting of plastic recycling. It, it was at the nine percent rate, which is ridiculously low. So a lot of European countries are up at the ninety percent rate. So they're using it in things like roads and furnishings. You know, they've got a real they've got this real mentality of circular economy, like don't waste it, get it back into the economy again, which is ultimately beneficial for everyone.
0: Yes, we've we've got a long way to go, that's for sure. So just in terms of talking about the process of recycling plastic, what is the process and and how much energy does it use and particularly on, on what Tops off is, is attempting to do with making the three D filament. So can you just explain a bit more about the process and what you're thinking? Sure.
2: So there's multiple ways of recycling plastic. So the way we're wanting to recycle our HDP at PE plastic, which is initially the plastic we're looking at because it's the one that's not being recycled anywhere. So it requires breaking down the plastic into very small particles so that we can soften it enough to then repurpose it into the 3D printing filament. So this requires very minimal energy and it can actually be powered by our solar panels on our home. And that's what we're doing. So Angela and Paul have solar panels at home and they're doing it at their home at present so we can utilize that. Um, there's no toxins released during this process either because we're not heating it enough to have the plastic release toxins. We're just softening enough so that it can be repurposed into this 3D filament. And that was really important to us because, yeah, we don't want to be releasing any horrible toxins. So we're really getting the best out of the HDPE plastic by giving it a new lease on life. And then ultimately we're looking at recapturing the cutoff. So so the 3D printer community will purchase our 3D filament, our recycled 3D filament, and then we're hoping to recapture their offcuts. So they have a lot of waste produced by their 3D printing. So they have their little their sculpture that they're making or their prototype or their little architecture model that they're creating with their 3D filament, but then they have all the offcuts from that for so the plastic waste from that. So we're hoping to capture that back off them, whether that be they send it to us or drop off wherever we have drop off points. So then we can continue the circle of recycling and repurposing of that HDPE plastic. So the largest, so the largest part and energy part of this is logistics, really. So getting the waste to our headquarters, and this is why we're looking at having drop off zones. But I think logistics will be the biggest energy consumer in our process.
1: So if, you, if you're just softening the plastic, I'm, I'm presuming do you have to break it down a little bit in terms of sort of a mechanical breakdown? Do you need machinery or equipment? Or tell us a little bit more about what you need or what you already have in terms of the process.
2: Yes, yeah, so I know we were really trying to avoid that process of having to melt it down or heat it um, above a certain temperature because we really didn't want to break it down. We wanted to use the plastic in its current form. So we're just softening it enough. So we heat it enough. So what we do basically is we're shredding it. And this is a challenge at the moment is getting the machinery to be able to shred the plastic. So we've had I think we've had about three attempts at the processes of doing that. So whether it be through grinding or shredding. Um, and we're still in that process because we want to get it fine enough that it we can then heat it enough to soften the plastic, then we can form it into the 3D filament. So we are definitely chipping it to, like we're chipping it apart, so then we can just heat it enough to soften uh, the plastic. So we can't unfortunately put a bottle top into a extruder. So the the extruder is what heats it and pushes the filament out into a thin, you know, millimeter format filament. So we can't put the top, the plastic top, straight into that extruder. We have to chip it down to a small enough particle to get it in there. So that's what we're doing.
1: And when you get into full production, what difference, um, you know, how much volume are you hoping to be able to accommodate and and what kind of a difference are you hoping to make?
2: Sure. So we don't know what full production will look like at this stage because we're in the very, very early process and we're still testing out the shredding shipping process to get it fine enough to fit into the the extruder. We'll initially be looking at very, very small scale, so servicing our Toowoomba region. And we've already been inundated with people wanting to send us their plastic bottle tops. So there's a really great charity in Victoria called Envision Hands, and they were taking plastic bottle tops and what they were doing were making limbs, so uh, prosthetic limbs for children. But unfortunately, because you know, they're um, retired engineers and they're not looking at making money. It was just a volunteer element. It's not a sustainable business model. So they can't continually be taking, I think they've got 10 million bottle tops. They People sent them 10 million bottle tops. So you can imagine the logistics and the sorting of all that. So they can't take plastic bottle tops anymore. So since they closed down, we've been inundated with people wanting to send us their bottle tops and we just can't take them yet. If we were to take them now, we would have a warehouse bigger than any warehouse in Toowoomba you would see. Um, And we would then have the problem of, well, if we can't create this viable end product, which is our ultimate goal, is to have a viable product so we can then be a sustainable business and continue the process. Otherwise, we can't do it. Then we end up having a warehouse full of bottle tops, which end up in landfill, and that's the last thing we want to be doing. So, yes, so unfortunately, until we have a working prototype, we can't collect those bottle tops from the community. So our vision ultimately is once we've figured out this viable product and we've got the chipping and and the shredding down pat and we've got a high-quality 3D filament that 3D printers are willing to purchase, so that's another barrier, and we've been doing a lot of research into that. Do 3D printer community, are they willing to switch from their cheaper virgin plastic filament to a higher quality HDPE plastic, which is recycled but maybe a little bit more expensive. So that's, you know, we're having to work that out. And time will tell really when people put their money down on the table to purchase that product. We really don't know until they actually do put their money down if it's going to be viable. They can say that they will do it and they... A lot of them have shown interest that they feel horrible about the waste that they produce. So they love the concept of being able to purchase a recycled plastic and being able to put that back into the economy again through hopefully us recycling their waste as well. But we just don't know that yet. So once we've figured out that, if it's viable, then our goal is to have local-based recycle hubs across Queensland. So where plastic waste is being recycled and repurposed into 3D printing printing filament and other products. So we've had lots of ideas around other products. We also would love to see this recycled hub. So it would become like a recycled hub innovation centre. So we would love to see these rolled out within schools. So schools are a great place for kids to be bringing in their plastic waste, shipping it, extruding it, creating their 3D filament because they all do have 3D printers in most schools. So instead of buying virgin 3D filament plastic. They can use their own recycled plastic that they create themselves and use that on their 3D printers. So that would be our ultimate goal: is to see these um, recycled hubs rolled out throughout Queensland. And who knows from where
1: that will lead. Mm, I love that idea.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Would be really good, wouldn't it? And just another way of of recycling plastic. And and also there's a whole lot of other learnings that children in schools will take from something Circular like that that, like they, that. Yeah, that they're going to be educating them on the whole recycling process but it's a whole lot of other things so yeah really really interesting
1: and 3d printing will be in schools well for the foreseeable future you know it's a bit like when computers came into schools isn't it you know 3d printers are definitely part of our future
2: yeah, there's, so so there's a lot of funding around STEM in schools. So STEM, which is just science, technology, engineering and maths. And so they get a lot of money. And a lot of these schools actually have 3D printers in their schools and they're not actually using the 3D printers because so they don't have anyone in there that knows how to use them. So that's another stumbling block as well, these unused resources that are sitting there.
1: That the kids really need to know about. Yeah, I mean, we
2: don't really... We don't really see ourselves as becoming big manufacturers, like we don't see ourselves as becoming big plastic recycle manufacturers. That's not really our vision. Our vision is really to share this technology within the community so they can create their own innovative recycling hubs within their community. That would be great. And then that in turn would then reduce the need for purchasing virgin plastics so they can create their own using recycled plastics and get it back into the circular
0: economy. So you're talking about people helping and what they can do and that you don't really, you don't have the capacity at the moment to take in lots of bottle tops. So how could people help? Is there is there any way that people can help you if someone wanted to help with what you're doing? Not necessarily bringing you plastic, but what other ways can people help at the moment? And Or is there any capacity that, or are you looking for any help in any ways to, to get to the next step with topsoil Recycling?
2: Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is for us at the moment is to get that viable product and that means communicating a lot with three D the 3D printing community. So if anyone knows anyone in the 3D printing community, if they can connect with us, that would be great just to get feedback from them. Eventually, once we have this product, we'll be doing some focus group testing, so getting them to test the filaments so that we make sure it's really high-quality so then they will be purchasing our filament, not the virgin plastic filament.
0: How will they contact you? Will it be through your website? What's What's the best idea for those people if they've got some thoughts around that to, to contact you and make contact?
2: Sure. So, yeah, they can go to Topsoft, so Um and you can contact us by there by the contact form and you can find out about, more information about that. You can see the the um, video we did on there with my son pitching the idea to the global community. And you can also find us on Facebook. It is facebook.com slash pops off recycle So you can find us there as well and follow the journey. So we're posting our progress (laughs) uh, when we do things. It's been difficult during COVID-19. Obviously, we can't do any testing at the moment, but we're hoping to get together this weekend
1: trial out the extruder with what we've been able to create at the moment. Yeah, that'll be exciting because it'll have had a time delay, a- increased yes. anticipation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so until you get going and we get to do the follow-up podcast to hear about how you've sorted all these, ironed out all these developmental things, have you got any messages for people like me, who used to think that if they put the milk carton or whatever in the recycle bin, it actually got recycled. Have you got any key takeaways for, for us about plastic?
2: Yeah, so ultimately, really, we want to reduce the use of plastic. So you really want to refuse plastic initially. And it's quite funny, us going into this, we want our business to be sustainable, but ultimately we want plastic out of the picture completely. So we're basically reducing plastic hopefully enough that we will work ourselves out of a job. So when (laughs) we're not the normal sustainable concept business, we actually do want to reduce the use of plastics and see plastics being used really what it should be, which is a long-term sustainable product. So we refuse your disposable one single-use plastic, so stop purchasing those. It's hard with things like milk, I mean it would be great if we could just rock up to a dairy and bring our container along, but that you can't do that in australia
0: although you can you can actually purchase some milk in glass bottles now, like I mean it used to be all in glass bottles before plastic um, took off as much as it has so and I know there's some smaller companies that are actually going back to the glass bottle milk and and you can buy those in well, I think most supermarkets now.
2: Okay, but what happens to the glass?
0: Well, hopefully that goes to the glass recycling, but after the myths that, yeah, that you've just... Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: we right. don't know, I
0: guess. That's, that's the hard we part. We
2: really want to get back to the, the bulk food where you take your own container in and um, still so then... Yeah, so refuse, reduce your use of it and hopefully try, try and reuse it. Reuse things that you have around the house Um, make use of it and then if you can't then hopefully TopSoft will have the ability to recycle it then for you. But that's always the last call.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, a lot of us fall into that lull that if it can be recycled then there's no real big deal.
2: Yeah, no, we need to really be looking at the resources that we have and how we can keep them, so it's such a, it's such a throwaway society. We throw our, our phone every year, but where's that going? What's happening to that? We, we need to be creating, we need to be going, I think there's something, what's it called, um, in business, obsolescence. So companies are creating products that are obsolescent, meaning that you have to go back and repurchase a new product. I think we need to turn that around somehow to create products that last a long time or actually just reduce our need for using products. Like what can we not what do we not need in our life? We don't need new clothes every year. You know, you can mend clothes, you can go to an op shop and buy second hand clothes. What are things that we can be doing so we're not actually consuming all the time and produce and when we consume we obviously have waste. So if we can consume less which is totally opposite to what the economy is telling us. I I don't know how we get back to that, just using less and being content with less. I mean, I try and do that. I have so much stuff. I look at my house and I just think I've got so much stuff. I just don't need it. And I don't like shopping anyway at the best of times, so I avoid shopping. But, you know, what people talk about, you know, you you are happier when you have more things.
0: I think you're happier when you have less things. Mm, I agree, and I think we've we've got such a, a society of convenience that it's easy to just go and buy whatever it might be, and and also that I guess there's not so much peer pressure, but it's it's keeping up with the Joneses, Joneses, so to speak, in terms of you know people wanting a bigger television. The television they've got is is quite adequate, but they need to get a bigger one, or they need. There's a new phone model out so they need to get a new phone. The, the other one probably works perfectly fine but, you know, I think as you were saying, businesses are creating that need for wanting whatever it is is the latest and the newest out and, and it's not necessarily the reason why we need to buy a new one.
2: Yeah, exactly. So really, I mean, we're getting deep now but, you know, finding contentment in things that aren't material, you know, finding joy in things that aren't material and we can definitely turn that back around to, yeah, not having to consume so much because really if you think about it, why are we purchasing the new Fendangle thing? Is it because we want people to see us or think that we're a certain way because we have this new thing? You know, we have to really look at why we have to purchase these things and really we don't at the core of things we need food water shelter and love
0: well i think that's a really wonderful way to end lisa that's that's absolutely fantastic and some thought provoking information that you've given us and and what we need to look at and how we how we use products how we buy products what we need and what we don't need so Thank you very much for speaking with us today and all the best with Tops Off Recycling. We really look forward to, to hearing the next step in the journey of, of the business that, that really started from a concept in a startup weekend as a concept that was pitched and, yeah, it's, it's really progressed a long way since then as well but it's, it's a very ambitious project to get to the manufacturing stage but all the best.
1: Thanks for having me our pleasure thanks for shaking us up if you've enjoyed this conversation and know people who'd be interested in knowing more about this topic then show them you care and send them the link to this podcast to keep up with our Gutsy Matters conversations subscribe and share with your friends
0: for extras follow Stored Naturally on Facebook and Instagram Gutsy Matters podcast is brought
1: to you by Stored Naturally
0: We are the creators of the all-natural hemp fresh produce enhancer for longer-lasting and healthier fresh food kept in the fridge. Available at storednaturally.com.